The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 33 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, I'm Jack, I'm joined probably for the last time for a while live from Portland by KC. Hey, good morning. Yeah, uh, I think that you'll be back in the country by the next one, won't you? Uh, all been well trying to get through customs. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we have to start with all the sombre notes because it has been a horrendous week in football, really. Uh Starting with last Wednesday, Edna Newton passing away at 94 years old. Obviously, it's not a tragedy because if someone's 94, they've lived a full life and everything. But she's had a lead season ticket for 64 years, started going in the 30s. Uh, a lot of people had a lot of very nice things to say about her. So, you know, rest in peace, Edna. <laughs> You're a role model of a fan for us all to aspire to be. Yeah, fair fair play. Anyone who, who's put up with Leeds for that long, considering I I think it's a bit of a slog having been going since 1996 and the s- stuff I've seen. What what was it? She I think the quote that came out from her from someone that's that near. I you know I don't I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't have uh, boy toys, and I don't back slow horses. Yeah, it's a good quote. <laughs> when when she was asked how she could afford a season ticket every year for that long, that was I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, and then Saturday, which was just one of the saddest football days I can remember, really. I mean, uh, an elderly fan passed away at the Brighton game that he went to with his son, which, you know, is awful. Glenn Hoddle had a heart attack in the BT Sports studio, but it sounds like he's responding quite well to treatment. So obviously a sympathies to then, and then the news at Leicester City after the evening kickoff, which was just absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it was a horrible story and just um, just trying to keep up with things and hearing drips and drabs coming out. And it, it wasn't helped by a lot of the speculation that was going on about who, who was in the helicopter as well. And um, yeah, just a horrible, horrible incident. Yeah, I mean, it, it appears that after they got out of the stadium, the tail rotor stopped working and they just started spinning. And once that's happened, it's too late. But the pilot managed to get it down away from people because there was still people milling about outside the ground. Yeah, by all accounts, it just uh, they were able to yeah get it away from anyone else. So it's the only saving grace. It's a horrible thing. All five people on board died in the crash. Uh, two of the employees, Nurse Harris, it's Nurse Harris Suknamai, I believe, and Kavapon Punpair. The pilot, Eric Swerfer, and his partner, Isabella Likovitz, uh, as well as... And the, here's the problem, that it's a terrible thing, and I'm still not great at pronouncing his name. Vishai, I think it's Srivadanarapa, I believe. But I'm, I'm rubbish at pronouncing his name, but it, what he's, he did for Leicester City is a, just an unbelievable achievement. To take them from where they were, take them up through championship, to win, win the league as a 5,000 to one shot. If I live to be 150, mm. I don't think I'd ever see that again. No, uh, it's still probably the best story since the start of the Premier League. You know, as nice it was when Blackburn won the league, that you know there was still a good amount of investment there from Jack Walker. This coming off the back of them just surviving the previous season. Um. And I remember as well because the second half of the season that um, the season before that was when they had Esteban Cambiaso, if I remember rightly, who just had an absolute immense season, and then he ended up leaving. And the question was, well, how are we going to stay up now without him? Yeah, because in order to stay up the season before, they won something like seven of the last nine games. Yeah, it was an incredible run they went on. You know, he left, and they still had Wes Morgan. Yeah. Still do. Well, that was one of the things that Rob Hoof said, wasn't it, on goals on Sunday. They just candidly asked him, they just said, look, how do you win a Premier League title with a back four of Danny Simpson, Rob Hoof, Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs? And he just said, with Kante. <laughs> yeah, that was 
It was insane. I think, as I've said before, the you know having seen Johnny House and running rings around West Morgan in the championship, it it, it seemed so ridiculous. But uh, it, it is one of the best stories in sports at all. Yeah. Yeah, and he, uh, he, by the sounds of it, away from football, he was a very charitable guy as well. I know he gave a lot of money to the hospitals in Leicester and st- stuff like that. A lot of just a lot of things in and around Leicester because Leicester's not the most football mad town in the world because it's quite mm. it's quite strong for rugby as well. And he, uh, but he was apparently well liked all through the city, not just among the football fans and stuff. So yeah, it, yeah. it was ju- that was really just a a, a horrendous day in football. As, as yeah, as you say, just as, as these bits of information just keep coming out, it's it's got worse and worse. Yeah, it's kind it's kind of hard to transition into Leeds games, but you know, it's hard. I can't be bothered putting in a break or anything. Uh, but we'll go to the first game after we left you last, which was a two-one defeat away at Blackburn. Um, it well, it ended up being the start of something that we'd see repeated, which we didn't want to, but uh, both Blackburn goals, terrible defending at corners. Yeah, it's it's very disappointing when you get into this, especially when you're you know, challenging at the top of the league. These, these are the sorts of goals you can't be conceding, and as we'll come on to with Forrest as well, it, it's it's clearly an issue. Yeah, to, to get in that position, especially against a team like Blackburn, who have some good players, but ultimately... I think we knew going in that uh, set pieces were going to be uh, one of their main threats, and we just didn't seem to deal with it. No, we uh, we didn't deal very well at all. I mean, I do think we had all the play, but much like with the Forest game, we didn't actually create enough with it. But the uh, the goal, the Clicks goal, was absolutely fantastic football. Yeah, just starting out from the back, just you know, it's probably about six different players touching the ball and the build up to it. Um. That again, that calmness of just being able to pass across your own penalty area, just looking for the man in space, and then getting out to the left and and pushing on. It was a lovely team goal, and again, click getting into a very good scoring position. Yeah, the uh, the ball from Saez from just like left of centre to find Berardi's run was a great ball, and Berardi I thought showed really good composure for someone who's not a natural in that sort of area mm. to square it for click. Great finish. But I think that there was a few problems with the way we played in this. I, I didn't think that playing both Roberts and Roof worked at all. No, as soon as, soon as I saw that, I was I was concerned. And I I think you either stick with Roberts, who, I think, as we've said, has done some fine in the time that Roof's been out. Not spectacular, but has, but has done a job. Or you go back to Roof up front. But I don't think we need to have them both in the team. Um, I think I would rather have seen us have Hernandez on for at least the first 45 minutes. And then if we had to make changes from there, as opposed to trying to bring him on towards the end. Yeah. And then we, it got better after 20 minutes when he swapped it over, but Adam Armstrong absolutely destroyed Stuart Dallas for 20 minutes. He just, it, it, for 20 minutes, it looked like defensively we got a bloke from behind the pub to defend, unfortunately. And he d- it wasn't an easy task because Adam Armstrong did have a really good game. But he just didn't look anywhere near comfortable. It's going to be interesting now going forward to see how we line up in defence with Barati picking up a knock as we'll come on to Ailing out injured. Yeah. Yeah, well... Uh... It will be interesting to see what we do. We'll probably leave that for when we preview the next game because then we'll see what sort of team we're going to put out. Or at least we'll get, we'll get all of these games out of the way first anyway. Uh, we both had us winning that in predictions, by the way, so neither of us got up. Uh, then the following Wednesday, 2-0 win over Ipswich, Roof and Liam Cooper. Cooper's goal was a great finish. Oh, it was lovely. I was annoyed because... Um... The stream I was watching it on had been cut out by then. They all seemed to go down in the second half. So I missed that. And I think I saw a replay shortly after it happened. Um, but yeah, the composure from Liam Cooper to put that one home. Was yeah. A fantastic finish for a centre-back. Yeah, particularly on his weak foot. Yeah. Put just side foot, right foot into the top corner. It was yeah. a great finish. 
Yeah, and we actually scored from a short corner. Yeah, uh, it it can happen. Yeah, Hernandez, little ball into first. Phillips's dummy was good as well as the finish. Uh, mm. Obviously, the first goal. It was it had some similarities to the goals in both the Forest and Blackburn games. In that, even though Saez might not have been having the greatest game, he got on the ball, dragged a couple of players towards him, took them out of the game, played a pass, and that's what led to it. Mm. Played it out to Hernandez. Great cross from Hernandez. Roof couldn't miss, really. I think while I was watching that, the when they scored, the first thing I said was, God, we've missed that man. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I did that perfect ball and from from Hernandez. And Roof did a really good job getting in front of his man to head that one in. You know, we, we spent so much time in that half. Uh, we probably should have created a few more chances. But, you know, they they offered so little in this and you know as Paul Hurst is now is now no longer with them no I wasn't at all surprised by that Ipswich were by far the worst team I've seen this season in championship and I thought I thought Hull were poor when we played them at the KCON but Ipswich were terrible what do you think of Paul Lambert going there <sighs> it's a bit of a met appointment and it'll take him a while to get people on side just because he's a because he was at Norwich for so long yeah it's an interesting appointment. His, his career path of the last couple of years has been fairly interesting, pretty much since leaving Villa. Last year with Stoke deciding, well, we'll get, you know, we're on the verge of going down. Who's the man to save us? Paul Lambert. Yeah. I know, and I, see, I remember reading a few comments about um, how Mick McCarthy was setting his team up last season to just not lose games at home, which, you know, with how negative that is, but Honestly, they must be looking now and just thinking, while he wasn't appreciated looking at how the team is now, the job he, he was doing. Yeah, it it may have been a bit dull, but it was working. It was interesting in this game with us, because they played two up front all game, even though they barely touched the ball. Uh, it meant that it's the first time where I think for a full game we've played 3-3-1-3. Three, three, three. Yeah, it's been, quite, it's been quite nice starting with it and sticking with it. Yeah, and Calvin Phillips in centre-back role, basically turned into Franco Baresi was brilliant and another fantastic performance from Phillips he's uh, the only concern for me now at this stage is um, if he needs a rest who do we bring in for him yeah well one that did come in uh, Falshaw was excellent when he came on in this game Uh, and it was so excellent in fact that he got the start in the following game over Saez Uh. Which we'll come on to now. Obviously, we mentioned Berardi got injured in the game, and that was a problem. So we actually ended up with the central back three of Ailing, Phillips, Cooper, because obviously Janssen Janssen was suspended. But uh, well, we may as well mention that now. Actually, Janssen was suspended for this game. I said on the last podcast, talking like that is always a fine. If it's anything worse than that, then we have serious room to complain. Well, it was. <laughs> It's astonishing, and that that they went with it, and and the fact they left it so late to to make this decision. Yeah, they had two two weeks to be able to make it, and left it until he was on a plane back from Sweden from seeing his newborn kid. Yeah, it's it's disgraceful. Uh, uh, you know, at best, it's a dick move. Yeah. At worst, that's just it's calculated. Yeah. At least if he was going to miss a game, it was the one game where we we could have played. Like mm. anyone in defence, really. I was surprised actually that this was the game that Saez played. I I maybe would have rested him here yeah. and played him against Forest. Yeah, it was starting to look a bit tired. I think I think there's a few of them are, which I'm a little bit surprised about, just because I not in terms of the work that goes into the team. I, I appreciate that, and you know it was always kind of expected that they were going to be. You know, covering a lot of ground in this system, but you know, I thought Bielsa had even spoken about squad rotation at times during the season, and we don't seem to have had that. I know it's been one or two players out injured, um, but you look at some of the players that haven't been involved outside of a couple of appearances in the in the League Cup. You know, Baker's not really got in um, for sure. Probably should have been playing a bit more before this, um, and then you've got players like Pierce and Clark who who could have been more involved before now. Um, 
Uh, so it's a bit interesting. So I wonder if we'll start to see a bit more rotation over the next few weeks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I I had 3-0, you had 4-1, so we both got us winning, but we didn't get the score. Uh, then on to the Forest game from the weekend. Uh, I thought this had a lot of similarities to the Blackburn game, just that we got a point. And Blackburn offered more in attack than Forest did. Yeah, I, I ended up listening to the Forest game and and you, you really didn't hear a whole lot of uh, Lewis Graben get mentioned for them. No, he, uh, Did. he didn't really get into the game much at all. Their best player, I thought, was Matty Cash, who I did actually pick out on the one before, but as a centre mid, and he's they moved him out to the right wing, and he won absolutely everything in the air. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but very similar to the Black Wing goal. Their goal, shit defending from the corner. And then our goal, perfectly placed knee from Kim Roof. Ah, oh, wonderful. Great ball in. Roof was in the, in the right place. Yeah. Never on ball. Nope. But I actually thought the goal itself was very similar uh, to the click goal at Blackburn. Like, the click goal, Saiz gets the ball left at centre at penalty area. Aerial crossfield ball to find the run of the right back, Berardi, who goes across goal and finds click. This goal... Saez gets ball, left-hand side at penalty area, lofted ball to the back post for the on-rushing right-back, Dallas, who knocks it across goal to click, and his shot goes in off roof. Yeah. It was pretty much an identical move. Yeah. But I do think, with with the amount of play that we had, we should have won this game. But if you're 1-0 down with 10 minutes left, and all joking aside, our goal shouldn't have stood, you can't complain too much at a point. Uh, I, w- I will say though, uh, watching afterwards, seeing how mad Pantillamon goes, uh, it's great watching. Yeah, I said that's what I said to my dad at the game in real time. If because from where we were, you couldn't tell whether it was handball or not. But mm. if you can't tell, I always go off the reaction. And as soon as I saw how mental they went immediately, I just thought, oh, it must have been handball. It's so funny because Pantillamon was just running around with one arm lofted and it point, and then his other arm, uh, his other hand pointing at that hand. Yeah, you know, went up to the referee, went up to the linesman. Pontus Janssen decided to have a bit of a tussle with Michael Dawson through this. Yeah, it was very interesting hearing Roof after the game. He's saying that. You know, what's he supposed to do? Go to the referee and tell him it's not a goal. Yeah. The number of people you saw on Twitter going, yeah, that is what you should do. Piss off. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, it's 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 just not going to happen. So, yeah, it, it was in the back of the net and, if, and for some reason it was allowed and we're all happy. Yeah, out of this game, I did have a few thoughts out of it. One, I don't think that not playing Saez worked at all. And it's not even that much to do with how Saez plays. I just think we're so much easier to defend against when he's not there. Yeah, I, th- I think we're probably... I think we're more predictable without him. Um, he just... He tends to... I think he's now has that reputation where he will tend to have two players on him once we start pressing forward. And it just draws that extra bit of space, you know, 20, 25 yards from goal for someone like Roof or Hernandez to exploit or click. And just, you know, gives us that little bit of space and the extra opportunities to get something in on goal. I think for sure, being a hard worker, he, he is just not that creative flair that we need up there. Now, uh, it also didn't help that we missed Saez more because Hernandez had a really poor game. He just couldn't find his range of his passing. He, Nearly all his set pieces seemed to hit the first man. He just wasn't at it that game. But I think that one of the things with it is Saez doesn't seem to work as well when it's 3-3-1-3. Because in the midfield, we've literally got him and then click or Forshaw, usually click quite deep. And I don't think that gets the best out of either click or Saez. Whereas when it was... Against Forest, they only played one up front, so we were back to 4-1-4-1. And we had both Click and Forshaw kind of wanting to play the same role. Yeah. So I think that if the only time that I'm okay, that I think it would be a decent idea to not start Saez, if the team we're playing we know plays two up front, then I'd be okay with it being Click and Forshaw. Yeah. But I think Forshaw's better in a three and Saez is better in the four, from what I've seen so far. 
Yeah, like like I say, I, I didn't get to see this one. I was just I was just listening. It's quite interesting actually listening to the the I was listening to LUTV to this one and listening to Eddie Gray as the goal as Roof's goal went in, going, you know, I think there was a hand there by the boy. <laughs> she could hear people screaming good. Well we'll we'll uh, we'll double check that one, but uh leads our level. Yeah. I think you just hear him chuckling to himself as he sees the replay. Uh, one of the other main talking points out of that was uh, Dallas got picked at left back. I, mm. I am not going to argue with Marcelo Bielsa. He can do what he wants. But I don't understand how he's getting in ahead of Tom Pierce while Douglas is out. I mean, Douglas should be back for the next game. But I, I don't understand it. Dallas is someone else who could be playing at left midfield instead of Alioski to give him a rest. You know, I feel like that would... It'd probably do him good because he, he is a midfielder. He can do a job as a fullback, but I'd much rather see him on the wing. And at time, and, and I remember at the start of last season before he picked up his injury, he was coming off the bench in a few games. I, th- I think Sunderland was one of them. He got the late goal to make it two against Birmingham at Mode as well. Yeah, he he made a few good sub appearances as you know as an attacking player and. I feel that's just getting wasted at the moment, and I, I kind of feel sorry for him in that regard. I'm, I'm sure he's happy to just be starting the games, but um, yeah, when we've got someone like Tom here, who we've seen can, uh, uh, you know, at the worst, he will do a job, but he is someone who you'd think would fit into Bielsa's system pretty well as. Uh, you know, one, he's on his natural side. Two, he likes to get forward. Um, I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't, he's not been given that chance yet. Yeah, uh, obviously he got subbed on in this game after 20-odd minutes because Ailing went off injured second time, second year in a row that Forrest have broken. This time he's out for two months. Damaged knee ligaments. Mm. Uh, Pierce got subbed off again, but I didn't read much into that. He just wanted to leave Alioski on because he's more attacking. And he just left all the attackers yeah. on at the end. So I don't really have a problem with that. But uh, there's been a bit of talk in the papers based off all this that Pierce might be off in, in January. Because there's still the interest that was there in the summer. And I wouldn't blame him. I mean, it'd be disappointing to see him go. But clearly, you know, Bielsa is looking at other players. And it must be frustrating when, like you say, there, there are, you know, attacking midfielders who are getting picked at fall back ahead of you uh, it's got to be frustrating yeah the only reason i can think of is that pierce is very one-footed um and that is maybe, li- but... that is literally the only thing i can think of because i don't think defensively even though he's a bit more well built than pierce i don't think he's any stronger in the tackle or anything yeah uh it'll be interesting as we said where we're going to go from here now with ailing out barati out cooper out jansen out <laughs> Bielsa, Bielsa out, yeah. Bates out. Sorry, I'm just getting carried away now. Yeah, no. Um, for that game, I had Liz winning two 0 and you had one apiece. Get it. So after 17 games of the season, you've opened up a bit of a lead. I've got 18 points. You've got 26. As, as we know full well from last season, this is completely pointless. Uh, yeah. It's all going to come down to one completely stupid thing that one of us said in preseason. Yeah, probably. Uh, on to the news, we uh, well we have mentioned it already, but congrats to Pontus and the family on birth of the kid. And the same to Kimar Roof, who also is Mrs. Adwan as well. Yeah, happy days. Which for, I have totally missed, to guys. be honest. But. I, uh, I, I'm not going to lie, I do feel sorry for the wives of footballers when they have children in the middle of the season, because, you know, the, the, essentially, at this even at their age, these footballers will... They expected to have a bedtime and they need their sleep. Yeah, well, I, I think that the uh, five-figure wage a week will probably offset that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, after the Pontus band Leeds said they're going to review their post-match interview procedures, so it could be that it, it isn't just us mad at the FA. I could see Sky being if we just start sending people up to Marshawn Lynch it and just saying, I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I, I, I really want to see at the end of a game saying maybe Liam Cooper getting approached by Sky and he just pulls a pre-prepared statement out from his sock. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you guys chose me. 
I mean, this this is it. Like, it doesn't happen in the Premier League. They don't, you know, it's not as if they run up to Jose Mourinho minutes after a game is finished and go, Jose, tell us your thoughts. It seems, it just seems so stupid to shove a microphone in a footballer's face two minutes after a game's finished where they, you know, they feel like they've been cheated. Yeah. Well, Mike, Michael Dawson, after the Forest game, walked past the camera and loudly swore and said, it was a disgrace and stuff. So hopefully he gets a ban as well because they've made a rod for their own back now. Can, can I say, Forest fans complaining about being robbed. I, it was music to my ears at times. Yeah, it was. It was fun. And and then complaining that the uh, the football league was against them in that game. Yeah, like, and you, you just sat there thinking. Uh, it wasn't them saying the football league was against them that made me mad. Well, not mad, but made me laugh, actually. It was them saying that they're clearly so poor leads. <laughs> what have you watched? All that decision in the handball actually did was further prove our point that the refereeing in the championship is terrible. Oh, yeah. This time we got the look, but it was just another terrible decision. I, 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 honestly, I haven't seen where the referee was positioned, but it's given where the last defender was, I'm very surprised a linesman didn't give that. Mm. Roof was, what, two yards out? Yeah. Uh, a linesman must have seen that. Yeah. The uh, the other weird thing that the Forest fans did was it was interesting to hear them retort to the scab chance with sign on. <laughs> Clearly not understanding how strikes work. But also, you know, I I genuinely, because it got stuck in my head, I believe for, I believe Nottingham's unemployed is about 8% and Leeds is about 45 yeah, there you go. But yeah, so you know, you're fat still. <laughs> Channel Four's just opened up in Leeds as well. That's going to drop even more for us yeah. now. When I saw them going on the uh, Leeds fans for chat, because I saw a few of them on Twitter going, "Oh, so what about the scabs? So what about that? Do they think they're the good guys in that?" <laughs> we had the balls to cross the picket line. <laughs> Is it like them that Mitchell and Webb sketch where they're going? Why do we have skulls on his uniforms? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> Look at those local Nottingham men, the heroes that they are. Yeah. I fucking hate Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. The, real deal. Yeah. Uh, the only bit of non-footbally news we can't really say anything about because we don't know anything. Uh, but Malik Wilkes was in court charged with violent disorder and assault occasioning actual bodily harm. Uh, pleaded not guilty. The club said he's vehemently and consistently maintained his innocence the whole way through. They're saying, so as far as they know, he said, he's, he said he hadn't done it, so we believe he hadn't done it. Uh, and that's all we can do as well for the minute. I, I've, I've not heard this, if I'm being honest. But oh, did you miss, yeah. uh, did you miss it? It was, it happened, in fact, I believe it happened on Saturday. So it could well have got missed. Yeah, I just, I'd completely miss this. I've never heard. I've never heard the words "assault" occasioning actual bodily harm. Yeah, uh, I believe it's to do with there was a West Indian carnival thing where there was a stabbing, and he isn't wanted for the stabbing, but there was like a big brawl around it. Ah, uh, okay. And it's something to do with that, but obviously we have no idea. Yeah. So could be out uh, on the pitch. Leeds have had three hundred twenty-three games, of which I've seen. The full 90 minutes of the two league ones, and for, for, I only saw the first 45 of the cup game. Uh, but Barnsley but won. Did, but did you did you hear the commentary for the Notts County game? Yeah, I, I have no idea who that was. I feel like it, it, they literally just needed to get someone who was nearby. Uh-huh. It kept not talking for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was watching the highlights and you just got to the third one and just went, oh, that's a lovely goal. Yeah, it... It felt like it's every single one. It felt like they didn't know what they were doing, but they at least sensibly said, "So I'm just not going to say much," <laughs> which is better than if you don't know what you're doing and you're talking all the time. I feel it might have gone too far the other way. Mm, maybe but that was it. Was it was interesting commentary? I, f- I feel like I've produced better while playing football manager, but that's neither here nor there. I still do that when I'm on my own. Oh, I think we all do. Can't help it. By the way, first season, won the league. Oh, good work. We, uh, we, yeah, the new football manager, Beater out, is at the moment and is released tomorrow, isn't it? One minute past midnight tonight. Tonight, at the time of recording, is Thursday. 
did you did you get yours through Steam? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, so see, I I always had to have a load of Amazon vouchers saved up from Christmas. Ah, right. So I always get I I always get the hard copy for when I get back home. So as, as soon as I get home, I'll be I'll be getting installed. Yeah. Uh, I it, I've just got to first of January second season, and I'm seventh in the Premier League. Good work. Leeds isn't a particularly difficult game this year, provided you can find a good tactic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the under-23s, after that side, uh, Barnsley won Leeds 4. Leeds started horrendously for 15 minutes, gave away an early goal, gave away a penalty that they put off at bar, uh, and then started playing and played some lovely stuff. Ryan Edmondson, Hattrick and Sam Dolby. Uh, cup game, 5-0 win away at Notts County. Pretty easy. Edmondson too, Clark Adore. That was one of the things in Barnsley game, actually. Uh, Clark Adore... I still don't know if it's Adore or Adore, because I've heard two commentators say it two different ways. But he ca- he came on at left-back, and the last I checked, he was a winger. I thought he was the right winger. Yeah, uh, but he came on against Barnsley and kind of changed the game with his direct running. Mm. And he got the start against North County, and he was really good in that. But yeah, Edmondson too, Adore. Robbie Gotts, who I want to talk more about in a bit, and Sam Dolby. And then Leeds 2, Hull 1. Leeds were very good in the first half. Uh, Edmondson, Edmondson got injured and was hobbling around. Leeds got a corner, so they said, oh, just stay on for the corner. Ball moves around, falls to him six yards out. He scores basically on one leg and then hobbles off. <laughs> so it shows a striker in really good form when he injured can't move, still scores a goal. So he got six goals in two and a half games. Uh, you know what? If we... I know we got Tyler Roberts there, but it'd be so nice to see him getting a bit of game time coming off the bench. Yeah, if if we'd have stayed in the Carling Cup, which I still call the Carling Cup, even much Carabao Cup. Uh, if we'd have stayed in that, he might have it's got still something It's still a Coca-Cola there. Cup to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in, uh, Douglas got 65 minutes, which was very important before going off. And Pierce got mm. a bit. Uh, Robbie Gotts played at right back, was very good again. Uh, Leeds weren't actually very good in the second half. Uh, Jack Harrison managed to get one, and then they scored one. Blackman also made some good saves, and Kit was really dominant coming out for crosses. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying drop Peacock foul. I still wouldn't change it. But because we have been conceding goals from corners, I can see the argument. I mean, what is he, six foot four? Something six, like is, that. It, he's, I, he's, no, he's bigger than that, I think. I think he's about six six. He's, yeah, he's a he's a big lad. Every ball that came in, he just came out and dominated and took it. Mm. So as I say, I wouldn't change it at the, yet, but I can see the argument from because a lot of people were saying it on Twitter, and I can. It's not a stupid thing to say by any means. Yeah, um, I did, like you say, there's definitely an issue, and I uh, I haven't seen I probably haven't seen enough replays. I think I've just seen just the clips of the goals themselves to know whether Pete Cafaro could have really done better with them, but um, to me, it, it seems more an issue with marking at the moment, but yeah, like you does. say, it, it, it might be, it w- might not be the worst thing in the world if you have a goalkeeper that at that size is going to come out and collect a ball. Yeah. Like, well, I think that against Blackburn, one of them was Berardi. I'm still not sure who was meant to be on the second one because it was Janssen mm. that were nearest and he normally doesn't mark anyone specifically. And it was Dallas against uh, Forest. Did you see in the clips from the whole game, there was a replay going around, Bielsa watching on the sideline, and then he appears to be hugging one of the youth teams? Uh, yeah, well, there was just some kids came up to talk to him, I think, while he was watching. I don't know if they were, like, under eight, so whether there were just some kids who'd gone with their parents or something. But they all went up to talk to him, and he gave them all a big hug. Yeah. Because he's such a lovely man. Oh, did you see the kid? The, yes. kid, the kid dressed up as Bielsa of Halloween. That was awesome. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, I don't know if you also saw the girl that uh, went as Mo Salah for Halloween. It wasn't a bit doof, kid, was it? Well, it was. I'd, I'm going to say now it was less ham-fisted yeah. in, in the, the in the face painting. But yes, there was face painting went on. Uh, it's never a good plan. <laughs> but I, I, in terms of. Um, I don't know with Mo Salah. It's not blacking up. I believe any time you are... Che- you're opening yourself up to get some criticism on Twitter. I was going to say tanning. Yeah. That might be, might be the most diplomatic way to put it. I but, don't um, think that sounds diplomatic at all. I think it sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like what 
your 85 year old grandma would say <laughs> she was 19 i think she had a point yeah <laughs> um but yeah that there's there's a few interesting ones as soon as i saw the pictures of uh between the word then the comparisons between what is now being dubbed bielsa kid and juf kid yeah <laughs> That gets us through pretty much all the news because there hasn't been much. So before we get onto Wigan's team and West Brom's team, obviously Ailing and Berardi are out. Do we both think it's going to be Dallas? I think it will be, but I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be either. In fact, of the three options we've got, he would be my third. Yeah. Um, I I haven't seen enough of... Robbie Gotts to kind of make the claim. I know you've seen a lot of him and have yeah, been impressed I, with him. I've been really impressed. In the same way I was with Tom Pierce last season. Only I think with Gotts, I'm more impressed with him defensively than I was with Pierce. Pierce, I think, mm-hmm. showed a little bit more going forward. But Gotts has scored like four or five goals in under 23s, three of them from edge at box. He's played in centre mid yeah. in under 23s. He's played as a left wing back as well. I'm really impressed with it. I think he's the most improved player in our under 23s. Year on year. And I honestly, I would be fine with Shackleton playing. He's got good pace. He's very strong considering he's about five foot four. Uh I, I think he did I think he's done well whenever he's had to play there. So I'd have no problem with it. And I'm not gonna be up in arms if Dallas gets it either. But I would be seriously mm. tempted to play Robbie Gotts at right back. Yeah. Um so obviously, yeah, I'm just trying to think in terms of other options that we'd have, but it, it is pretty much that. You know, there's there's not really anyone else from another position you'd, you'd want to drop into right back, I don't think. No, I mean, it is always Bielsa, so there's always that 1% chance that, you know, four shots there. Uh, the, the one that popped into my head would be the possibility of either playing Alioski there on his weaker side or moving Douglas across and playing Alioski at left wing back. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see that. I never rule anything out with Bielsa, like, but... No, uh, it wouldn't shock me if Tyler Roberts was a right-back all of a sudden. No. But I do think it'll be Dallas. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that goes. Yeah. I, I, like you say, it's pro, It's not the, the best selection options you've got when you're looking at those three. I don't think Wigan would be the worst game to try someone like Robbie Gotts out in, though. Mm. It is, they have got a couple of good wingers. Like, they've got Callum McManaman. Nick Powell will probably play as more of a central player, but he can play wide and he's pretty good. And Cal Naismith as well. So they've got some options. But the the other one from a Leeds point of view is, and everyone's starting to call for it now, how long until Jack Clark gets a start? I mean, he was... You probably have to say talismanic when he came on against Forest in terms of he was just creating so much. He, he stood up and was counted, didn't he? He stood up and went at him. Mm. Like that bot, there was one way he beat a player and put this ball in across, like five yards out, straight across front of goal. And you're just there going, well, someone's got to be on the end of that. It's a brilliant ball in. Yeah, he he just he's, he just looks so confident when he's, when he's got the ball and... I think it's almost that typical thing for younger players coming in. He's just playing without fear at the moment. It's, you know, I, I think I said before, it, it might have helped him a little bit as well in, in as much as he's he's played a few games at Allen Road before in the under-23s. Um, so he might be a little bit more comfortable playing, at least in a bigger stadium, in a, you know, in a venue where there's not a hedge around the field. Yeah. But yeah, he just looks so confident. He's willing to take shots. And at the moment, you'd probably say his end product is better than that of jack harrison yeah i um as i was actually on, we were on about this in office actually and i said now we've got these two games and then there's the international break isn't there? yeah and then 24th is bristol city at home and then i think that midweek we've got reading at home if i was going to place a bet on his first start i'd say it'd be that reading game mm. but i'd have no problem if it was this sunday i don't think it will be because i think douglas is going to be fit so he'll come back into left back so I think Alioski will stay on left Hernandez right and they'll just leave him on bench for a minute but he, he won't be far away and uh, that bring that but if he started I think he'd give them some serious trouble yeah uh, I think he just offers something a little bit different to what we have and I think you know as we've said before and I don't want to don't want to make it sound like we're just piling on over and over Alioski's been a little bit hit and miss the last few weeks 
Pablo didn't have the best game. I don't, you know, maybe he's not entirely fully fit. He's he's a good option. He's another good option to have up there to, to rest a player for a week. Yeah. Well, that brings us on to first of us two we've got to preview on Sunday. Uh, half one kickoff. Wigan away on Sky Sports Leeds. I will not be watching that then. Uh, are you at work Sunday? Uh, if it's one thirty, then I will be asleep. Ah, yeah, fair point. Although we're on daylight savings time, so it's only seven hours difference, isn't it? Um, I mean, still, you know, that's, that's, that's half six in the morning. That's uh, doable. It's very, it's very early for a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because they're fourteenth with twenty points from fifteen, but Wigan is second in the home table. Seven games, five wins, two draws, and we're top of the away table. Seven games, three wins, three draws, one defeat. So they're a bit of a different animal when they're at home. Like, they've lost three of the last four games. They lost 4-2 at Sheffield United, 2-1 at Millwall, 4-0 at Preston. But the one home game mm. they played, they beat West Brom 1-0. It totally, it's a mu- it, them at Ellen Road, I'd be massively confident. I'm much less confident going there. Which seems weird, because you wouldn't think that if someone, if a team was going to have a great home record, you wouldn't have your money on Wigan. No. It's not like travelling to Millwall. Mm. I mean, you don't know what it's like on Wigan Pier. Yeah. I've seen things. Was it Dave Whelan breaking his leg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting places, Wigan. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, Nobody likes a trip to Wigan. No, very true. Uh, Christian Walton in goal, he's on loan from Brighton and seems to be getting decent reviews, but I don't, can't say I know much about him. No, I've not a clue. Uh, Reese James, the right-back, he's on loan from Chelsea, he's only 18 and he's having a really good season. Apparently Brighton are on about trying to sign him for £10 million in January. Uh, yep, so fair he's enough. Been, he's been going well. Uh, when it comes to their defenders, I only, I've only i heard of Che Dunkley, but I don't know much about him. Callum Connolly... Cedric Kiprit, same. Alex Bruce is there, but he's barely played. He's a backup. The only one that I know is Dan Byrne, and I've always said that Dan Byrne is shit because he can't run. So he's going to score from a corner in this. Yeah, however, he is about six foot six. Uh, we're screwed. So if that's a worry, uh, Anthony Robinson on loan from Everton, six caps for USA. He was decent at Bolton last year. Uh, but again, they, this squad. It's quite top-heavy, just in terms of bodies as much as out. But uh, in central midfield, that's where Darren Gibson ended up, apparently. Darren. Darren. Uh, they signed that De Silva Lopez from Peterborough for about £1.5 but he hadn't fully broke into their team, so I, I, I doubt he's ready. As a name, he is not someone that should be moving from Peterborough to Wigan. Just De Silva Lopez. Yeah, Leo De Silva Lopez. They've got a ball-winning midfielder and Egypt international Sam Morsi. As a name, it's not the most Egyptian, is it? No. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, their, their best players are going forward. Although he hasn't ever been consistent in Championship like he has been in League One, Will Griggs good. James Vaughan, if his knees stay together, still has some ability. Joe Garner was good at Preston. Mm. Uh, and wingers, Michael Jacobs has been there a while. He's decent. Callum McManaman. Josh Windass, who was linked quite strongly with us. He's, he's looked quite good the times I've seen Josh Windass. Is he... Was he on loan at Rangers? No, he went. He went up to Rangers. He went on a free to Rangers from Accrington Stanley. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and then they, and then Wigan signed him. Cal Smith, he scored at weekend, and their best player is probably Nick Powell. He turned down like a ten or eleven million pound move last January, so that he could stay and help and get promoted from League One. A foolish man. Yeah, that's what I just said. But he's a. <laughs> he might finally have got settled because he was really highly rated at Scone, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was talked about for a few years. Yeah, and I don't think he quite went the full Ravel Morrison, but he couldn't get his ducks in a row. So I think maybe if he's found somewhere where he's happy, he's just happy to be playing football. Just just while we've mentioned young scum players, I don't know if you saw the story yesterday afternoon. Um, what I believe it was Simon Austin reported that a car, like his, while his daughter and her friends were out trick or treating, a car pulled up alongside them and i know this sounds dodgy but it, it does get better from here uh, and in there there was a couple and their son and the couple asked the the group of girls to sing happy birthday to their son who just turned 21 it was marcus rashford and apparently he gave them all 20 pounds <laughs> right these what well, and he's like family were going we're just trying to embarrass him basically 
<laughs> I'm assuming so. <laughs> well, fair enough. But yeah. But there you go. That seems like a nice story. Yeah. Wigan are one of them clubs where it's hard to... You, you don't really get yourself up for it in the same way because who cares about Wigan? No, the, the main thing I think about now when I think of Wigan is that's who we played when uh, the football league, uh, when Chilino's, uh, Chilino got cleared to take over after the independent hearing. Huh. That's all I think of now. We watched that at your house. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't remember that game at all. No, I, I, I think we drew 1-1. I know Jason Pierce played, and I know I hate Jason Pierce. Yeah, so. um, oh well, uh, what are you going for? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we, say we sneak this one nil. Uh, because they're so good at home, I'm gonna say one apiece. I'm wildly optimistic, thinking we're not gonna concede a goal. Yeah, uh, and then the following Saturday, what could be a really tough game, although the recent form's not that great actually. West Brom away again on Sky Sports Leeds, our five Saturday. Uh, they've got 25 points from 15. They're doing a lot better. They're third for home form, but. Their last two home games, they got beat 4-1 at home by Derby and they drew one all in the last game with Blackburn. But Blackburn played the last 17 minutes with 10 men and uh, midfielder Richie Smallwood in goal because they'd already made three subs and that Raya, their keeper, properly broke his nose, like hospitalised with a broken nose. So they hung, So to not break them down, that's really not great. And obviously, they, I already mentioned they got beat at Wigan. So they've only actually got one point from the last three matches. Oh, wow. Oh, against Frank Lampard's derby. Yeah, Frank Lampard's derby. Did you see any of that game last night, by the way? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see it, no. Yeah. Chelsea and Derby, where Chelsea's first two goals were both own goals. That Tamori, who's on loan from Chelsea, air-kicked, hit his standing leg into the bottom corner, and your, and your boy coked out Richard Keogh, right, a clear left-foot clearance, swings his right foot at it, buries it into the bottom corner. I saw someone who said... They were a bit unlucky, Frank Lampard's derby, to be honest. They deserve to take it to penalties. I saw someone say that... Because Richard Keown has been with Derby for a while, but someone just put on Twitter, is it just me, or does he fuck up every time he's on TV? He does seem to, doesn't he? He's not not someone I've ever rated. He may have been good on FM once, but... (laughs) I don't think he was particularly good. He was just good for you. I, I, he did a job. <laughs> Mostly as a striker. Yeah, he did. He was the modern day Simon Walton in that regard. As, as a defender, you could stick up front. Yeah. But the one thing with West Brom is they have got a hell of a squad. Yeah. Uh, it's an unbelievable team. First choice keeper, Sam Johnston, six and a half million from Scum. Uh, was good for Villa last year. Uh, and their backups are Boa Myhill and Jonathan Bond that aren't bad either. Mm. Uh, defensively they have used a back three a lot so they have sometimes used Matt Phillips as a right wing back even though he's much more of a winger but most mainly defenders Craig Dawson Kyle Bartley sorry it's just a shame to read <laughs> Kyle no, Bartley it's, it's slightly upsetting yeah Ahmed Agazi Tosin Aradabayo who no I said that wrong Adarabayo not Aradabayo Tosin Adarabayo who I really like uh, Tyrone Mears is there as well who I forgot existed I only assumed he'd retired years ago for some reason. Yeah, and but they've also got Kieran Gibbs at left back, who's actually got two goals this season as well, having got about two in his whole career before this season. England international. Yeah. Kieran Gibbs. And not just like once either. No. I um I, I saw his debut. Me and Mark Young together at Wembley. Yeah. After the after the two thousand ten World Cup seeing Kieran Gibbs getting his uh getting his debut. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking here at uh, Tyrone Mears' career. And man, he's racked up a lot of clubs. I feel like Tyrone Mears might only be like 30 or something. Oh, no, he's 35. Oh, is he? I, w- I-, I wasn't sure if he was one. In my head, I thought, is he one of them that's weirdly young and I'm mixing it? Uh, Man City, one appearance, Preston, West Ham, Derby on loan, Derby permanent, Marseille. Marseille's the weird one, yeah. The four games. Uh, Burnley, Bolton, Sa- uh, Seattle Sounders, boo, uh, Atlanta United, Minnesota United, and West Brom. Yeah, I had no idea who was there, just come from the list. Uh, midfielders, um, like in, in middle, J- James Morrison, Jake Livermore, Chris Brunt, who although he can't run, he's still 
great left foot. Gareth Barry mm. and Sam Field, I always thought looked decent, the young one that came through. Again, again a good list of players. James Morrison must be knocking on a bit now as well. Yeah, I bet he's like... I'm trying to think, because he was literally, his media description on FM, I think it was 06, was touted as the next David Beckham when he was at Middlesbrough. <laughs> And I think at that point it'll have been about 19. So I'm going to say he's about 31, maybe 32. He's going to be one of those players where um, I imagine if you look through um, journalist predictions of, you know when you see them predicting the England team in 10 years' time? Yeah. I'm sure he's probably one of he's probably made one of those lists at least. Yeah, with Ben Amos in goal all the time. Yeah. Where is he? Here? You, you keep going through the team. I'm, I'm digging up the information on yeah, James cool. Morrison here. Yeah, uh, wingers and attacking mids again. They've got another good one, Bakary Sacco, who they got on a free from Palace because his contract up. But if they can get him fit, he's good. Matt Phillips, as I say, he's, met, he's played right wing back a few times, but he's good. Harvey Barnes has been one of standout players in the division. He scored some wonder goals as well. Oliver Burke, who Forrest sold to Red Bull Leipzig. And he came back for about 11 million quid. And that Jonathan Lecco that got a few games in Premier League and he's absolutely rapid. Mm. So he's really good. And then up front, Hal robson Kanu is okay. And then Dwight Gale, J. Rodriguez. Two very good championship strikers. Both got eight goals. It is a hell of a squad, that. James Morrison is 32. 32, yeah. And ended up Scottish, didn't he, in the end? <laughs> it's a good way to put it. He ended up Scottish, yes. As someone born in Darlington, he did end up Scottish. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's only like Liam Cooper. Uh, six und- England under 17 caps, two under 18 caps, eight under 19 caps, one under 20 cap, 46 Scotland caps. Good, he got 46. Jesus. Didn't realise it was that many. Three goals. Yeah. Uh, this, w- this will be very tough. This game I'm not entirely looking forward to. I am in a way because it's going to be one of those few times where a team's going to come at us. This could, if this goes well, this could be like Derby away. It could be, but at the same time, we did have Luke Ailey and Gaetano Barati for that game. Hmm. Not not Stuart Dallas at right back. True. We'll need Douglas to be on form because Harvey Barnes has been playing from the right and he's really good. So mm. Douglas will have to defend well against him. Yeah. This this will definitely be a game where you see Douglas and Alioski on the same side. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with. It might be the first time I've done it this season. I'm not sure. Oh no, I think I did one earlier, actually. But I think we're gonna get beat two one. Uh, I'm gonna say a one one draw. Ah, right. But uh, we've been doing it the other times. Uh, basically, would you would you take? Because I've predicted one point from these two. Obviously, I wouldn't be happy with that. But if I offered you it now, would you take three? Yes, I would take three from this. Yeah. Four would be great, but I, I, if we beat Wigan and got beat at West Brom, I'm okay with that. Five would be fantastic. Five would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be better than six. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think... Again, you just go through that West Brom team and for for the championship, that's a very, very good team. Um if you, if you gave me if you gave me the win against Wigan now, I, I would take those three points. It was quite interesting. Which I'm trying to remember which podcast it was I was listening to. And they were talking about the order in which we got our wins. Um you know, the run the run from these three games of Getting four points from Blackburn, Ipswich, and and Forest. Yeah. And how if we would have drawn with Ipswich and beaten Forest, it probably would have actually looked worse getting those four points. Yeah. Oh, I think if you're at the minute now, the next game might be weird because they've got a new manager and weird stuff happens. But from what I've seen of Ipswich, if you don't beat Ipswich, you're in trouble at the minute. Yeah. But yeah, so I, th- I think, I-, I don't think there would be any shame in losing to that West Brom team. No, I mean, obviously we very much hope it doesn't, but... Ideally, yeah, I would ideally like to win this. Yeah, six points. <laughs> <laughs> Minimum. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, And maximum. Yeah, unless without else, I think that'll do us, and the next one will be a bit easier, because she'll actually be in the same room. 
I will be nice. Uh, and hopefully, when I get back, the the Portland Timbers will be uh, on the verge of a playoff final. Yeah, they they won. Was it last night? Yeah, play. They were playing away at FC Dallas, and apparently, no one told anyone in Dallas that there was a game going on. It it just seemed empty. And uh, were the as, were the Cowboys playing? No, no. There's no there's no NFL on a Wednesday. <laughs> No, it it was just the stars. I don't. I I also I also don't know where Frisco is, but that's where they play, and it's also near where the the football hall of fame is based. There, Frisco. Um, I thought that was San Francisco. Yeah, Frisco. Yeah. Um, the Frisco Bay. That's. <laughs> but yeah, would it been the first round being a single leg playoff game? It wasn't. I wasn't going into it with a whole lot of confidence given it's an, an MLS team playing away from home. Yeah. And that very rarely ends well. Um, uh, Timbers got a free, scored a free kick in the first half, got one against the runner play in the second half, had a man sent off, had one of the defenders sent off for basically falling yeah. over and taking down the striker as he was going through as the last man. Um, and then had Liam Ridgewell leading the line, defending the, for their lives. Oh, is Ridgewell still there? It was one of the three I was going to ask about because there's only three I remember. I was going to ask, is Liam Ridgewell still there? I was going to ask, is Darlington Nagbe still there? No, he's at, uh, he's at Atlanta now. Oh. And is uh, is it Diego Valeri? Yes, Diego Valeri, the maestro. He yeah. is. Uh, he's he's the guy who scored both the goals last night. Yeah. He, he, the few times I've seen him, he's always stood out as good. He, it's so funny because here, like, football is so insular. It's either... You know of it, it. Typically, it's the case of you know of Ronaldo, you know of Messi, and then it's Diego Valeri. <laughs> there, there is no one in between. You, no one seems to know like you know your middle of the pack Premier League players or yeah. anything like that. And so there's this kind of belief here, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this to knock him in any way. That Diego Valeri is this absolute world class player, but he does very rarely actually play for Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he is, at, at this level, he is a very talented player, though. Ah, right. Um, Have they got any new ones come through that are any good? I, honestly, I've not been keeping up with them too much this year. Looking through the team, though, um, their forward last night, a guy called, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Bobby say he he actually led the line pretty well he didn't get a whole lot to him uh his role in the second goal was fantastic the keeper came out and he was just able to get his body in between the keeper so the keeper basically dived into his legs mm. he stood up and just dropped it back to Valeri who curled it in from the edge of the area with the keeper out one of my other favorite players Alvis Powell was out of the team he's a very good right back a very very quick it's actually quite interesting, it was a, and it's worth watching because of how intense it was as a penalty shootout. But, uh, three years ago, they played Sporting Kansas City in, in this round of the playoffs, and it finished 1-1 in normal time, and then the Timbers scored a late equaliser in, ex, in extra time to take it to penalties. And it basically it went to 11 penalties each. Uh, did, did you go to that game? Yes, that was the second game I went to. I wouldn't say I remember you mentioning it. And and it's still like the slowest of slow motion I, I'd ever seen a game in when one of the uh, KC penalty takers took uh, He hit his penalty, curled it to his bottom left corner, it hit the inside of one post, rolled along the line, hit the other post and bounced clear. And watching the replay, it happens fairly quickly. But in my head, it took like 20 seconds for all that to happen. Yeah. Um, and the Timbers ended up going on to win that shootout. And that was the year they won the they won the playoffs that year. Uh, didn't we but watch the final a, in the Podger? Yes. Yeah. That was where you got to experience the quality of MLS by the goalkeeper getting the ball in the first two minutes, messing about with it, kicking it into... I think it might have been Diego Valeri who basically blocked it in. Yeah. And then 
their second goal where the ball went out of play by a solid yard and the linesman didn't give a throw in. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was a strange MLS aside to end this Leeds United podcast. <laughs> well, it is, it is playoff season, so, yeah. so these things are going to happen. But speaking of stuff done by Americans, the stuff that we write goes up on through it all together, which is at THIU, it's all LUFC. Uh, we're at Mighty White's Pod, the podcast up at mightywhitespodcast.com. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, various places. Uh, the Because there's an international break and because KC gets back on the in the country on, we think, the 16th, the next one will be after the 16th. Yes. Because we don't have a game after the ones we've previewed until about the 24th, so we'll get one in once he's back. Uh, but thanks very much for listening. I've been Jack. See you. I've been Casey in Portland. I'll see you later. Cool. In a bit. Bye.